0: And something about you having hefty lady balls, I think. Yeah, yeah.
1: So here we are, welcome along to the Still Parents podcast. We are live once again from our studios, Mill Street in Leamington Spa. And if you did hear a couple of voices a second or so ago that aren't familiar on the show, it's because Ryan, who sat next to me tonight, if, you, if you're watching the live stream, he's got really close, we'll explain it all, I was trying to stitch up our guests this evening who um, have a, a huge podcast of their own and we're very, uh, we're very happy to welcome onto the, uh, onto the show tonight to, uh, to Bex and to Laura. How are you guys, first of all?
2: We're Hi, good. good
1: You're in Kent and Brighton. We spent the last half hour uh, just trying to get everything working. So as long as you can hear us, running and...
2: around. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. That's it. That's exactly it. Your yeah. big
2: lenses and your half-naked men. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. R- R- Ryan was a bit stressed before we uh, before we went live. <laughs> so he went right. I just need to go and freshen up, and he came back into the studio with half his clothes missing. I'm, I'm not sure what your version of freshening up is, because it's like
3: walking into a Sauna yeah. in here. There's four, blo- five blokes actually, and size in here with his big lens as well. So it's even hotter than it normally is as well. Good evening, Ryan. How are you? Good evening.
1: I'm very well, thank you. And Matt Whitehouse, our regular on the way. Well, he's been on every single episode, I think, apart from, from apart from one. one. Something to do with his leg. Sorry, we're not going to do that this week. <laughs> I
4: don't know where
2: this is coming from. I <laughs> gen- <laughs> genuinely,
1: like, I, 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 yeah. Apart from that, I'm fine, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good evening. Good to see. you. <laughs> and we are we are joined once again. who's a guest on the first episode of. Series three, and uh, yeah, he's been back on a few times since. Nathan Ellis, welcome back onto the show. I know why you're here, by the way.
4: Yeah, I'm sure you do. And I, and I toyed, <laughs> toyed with the idea. I messaged Ryan, I said I might wear my forest shirt this oh. week. Ryan encouraged it. I'll tell you. Yeah, I, I did. didn't do it. so I didn't want to upset you, but uh, that is the main reason I'm back down just so I could see you and ask yeah. if you needed to talk or yeah, yeah. needed to talk. <laughs> 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 just a bit of,
3: uh, mental health and well-being. Yeah. I just wanted to check you're all right. Yeah, I, he so. was in a bad way last week. Now, if Telling you, <laughs> bad way. Yeah. yeah, he was flustered, man. Flustered well, I did
1: say man. every time we do this show on a Sunday from the studio, it coincides with a more football team are playing. And the, now, again today, it happened again today. You idiots, don't start me off because it. <laughs> the idiots. So that's us. It's the four of us here live from Mill Street <laughs> Studios, Leamington Spa, and our special guests tonight that we've got on. So we've got Bex and Laura. I love the name, by the way, the worst girl gang ever. If you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, about the, how the podcast came together, how you uh, you know how how everything happened, and what you do, and how people can find you, so that they can. Subscribe and listen to your show straight away. How can they find you?
2: Yeah, sure. So basically, to start with, so our, during the first lockdown, I um had uh, suffered a, a um, miss miscarriage, which is for anyone who doesn't know is is when you when you lose a baby, but there's no signs, so there's no pain or bleeding and then um it 's often found at a scan, so I went to my twelve week scan all kind of just just for the picture, really, looking forward to uh, posting it on social media later that day and And I was told that there was no heartbeat, and our baby had died a couple of weeks earlier, which um having already had three children, it just really rocked me i didn 't know i didn 't really know it was a thing to be honest, it was like a kind of urban myth uh, that kind of dreadful can you believe that that can actually happen? Type experience, and I just, I just wanted support, and I didn't know where to get it. And everything that I could find was kind of resource-led, or it was very information-based. And all I really wanted was, I think the um, the pandemic exacerbated it because obviously there was physically I couldn't see my mum, even I couldn't see any of my friends. Um, but I just could not believe that there was nothing there from like a, a peer-to-peer support. So I wrote about my experience and shared it on social media and um, to cut a sort of drawn out story a bit a bit shorter, Laura saw my post she was one of, I think it was like 2,600 people that contacted me and wow. she, but I, for some reason her message really stood out, I, I could, physically couldn't reply to everyone and Laura texted me and said, you sound like someone that I want to go into battle with, let's change the world. I mean you often refer to my balls, not yes. um, <laughs> always welcome i'm gonna be honest but um but on that occasion i didn't mind it um and and we went from there didn't we there was lots of googling well then you you we didn't know yeah you carry on you do this bit
0: well i messaged you like you say i don't know isn't it weird that you responded to me
2: it is because nowadays i barely ever text you back when you text me that's very true yeah actually you ignore my voice notes
0: anyway let's not have a domestic okay (laughs) live on facebook yeah, so I've been in the baby loss world for some time. It was, so this was 2020, we hooked up. It was 2012 when I started having miscarriages and I've been through loads and always felt like I wanted to do something and change it. And the only support I ever got was from strangers on the internet. So I wanted to to do something, but just didn't really know what to do and never really found anyone to to do it with. So when I saw Bex on a Facebook Live having a rant about how shit it is for people having to go through it, that's when I messaged her. Mm. And then we hooked up. We The first time we chatted on the phone, we were on the phone for an hour and we just, we knew that we wanted to do something. We knew we wanted to change the, the whole... Support system around miscarriage and baby loss. So yeah, we hooked up. We set up an Instagram page to start with, didn't we? Then we decided we wanted to do a podcast, and uh, mm. as you guys, we didn't know, know our
2: asses from our elbows. <laughs> yeah, or your balls. Winging it, <laughs> or our balls. Don't yeah.
3: worry, we're still winging it as
1: well. So. The podcast started. Um, how long ago would you say uh, the podcast started? Sort of how many episodes right, and have you done? And how can people? So after tonight, maybe they can go back and, and check out what you've done recently. How can they get hold of yeah. you?
2: So we our first episode went live on the nineteenth of July two thousand and twenty, mm. and we are now we're sort of how many episodes on series four have we done? Uh, seven. Seven. So we got about uh, roughly twenty five episodes per series, mm-hmm. and we do cover everything from chemical pregnancies to neonatal loss. So mm-hmm. this sounds awful, but there's yeah. something for everyone. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No. It's. Um, I think that, that that is one thing that is so important. It's like you don't lose your sense of humour and you are still a person and essentially everything that makes you a person is like we're we're all a bundle of our experiences and and personality traits and stuff but often when we go through this horrible trauma we're sort of put in a different box and I think that's a really difficult thing to overcome and that's why we tried to just we don't fucking fuck around the, the subject like miscarriage and pregnancy loss is so shit so why not just call it and start a conversation about it because it's essentially it is a normal thing to go through H- horrendous but normal so if we can open up those conversations and start normalising the chat around it that's that's what we need to do
1: absolutely I'd like to bring a Matt Whitehouse regular on the show evening Matt what's the uh... Um, reaction been to you
5: guys being so quite well so direct as you say to the subject have you had positive reactions negative reactions mixed
2: it's all been it's all been amazing and to be honest we thought that you know it would when we when we press go on our first episode we kind of thought it would just be our mums that listen to it but now I mean I think we're approaching 200,000 downloads yeah and we're just fantastic it, it is amazing but it just shows how important the subject that we're talking yeah. about is and I how how unspoken yeah. yeah
5: yeah because i think i think sometimes it, it that's one of the only ways that we can kind of get it out there is being direct about it because as you said it's, it's uh, to give you just a bit of my background I've, I've always spoken about my. we lost five years ago and we lost at um, 38 weeks and five days it's been my way realistically it's been my way of surviving this because I've just I've spoken about it I, I've started with a blog I'm currently writing a book at the moment as well I, I think you, you're absolutely right in just talking about the subject because the more we talk about it the easier it's going to get for people to understand it and also it's going to be less taboo
0: Mm. Exactly. That's what we say all the time. The, the more we talk about it, the easier it is for others. And you're you're so right. Like talking and writing, it's also therapeutic. And that's actually how we've dealt with it. And and th- this doing the podcast and everything has been like therapy for us. But bex wrote an article for the metro which was actually we missed that part of the story but that's where it where it all began i've written a book and we're actually publishing a book in august as well aren't we Mm. so i wrote it will happen which is not meant to be positive by the way (laughs) it's not toxic positivity it's a, a memoir of my own experiences of recurrent miscarriage um that was published in october 2020 and um the book that we've just finished almost finished writing is, is with the publishers at the moment we um, got a deal with harper collins
1: wow congratulations
2: very exciting Thank yeah, thanks but go and order it now because apparently all the pre-sales count towards the first week of real sales <laughs> so you can order it now and it will be sent to you in August, but it will right. count. August. And that's basically just, it's the survival guide. So it's called yeah. the Worst Girl yeah. Gang Ever Survival Guide for Miscarriage and Pregnancy Loss. Um, and it, we cover everything like marking your loss, grief, toxic positivity, family and friends, relationships. And we've got loads of um, loads of real life stories, loads of stuff from experts. Um, and it's just what we hope it will be is a book to, to gift people yeah. because no one ever knows what to buy mm. and it will be something like almost a reference kind of guide that people can dip in and dip out of it's really funny we think but you know <laughs> um, but it is it doesn't skirt around anything it just tells it how it is because we know how important yeah. it is to to um, like knowledge is power it's our belief yeah. that knowledge is power and it's important to know what's going to happen when it's going to happen and all everyone's different experiences because I think that this these subjects that we cover are so multifaceted they're never even if two people had the identical experience they wouldn't feel the same way about it because they have not lived the same life you know they've got different backgrounds they've got different experiences upbringing schooling faith you know all those things come into how you experience something and I think that's so important especially for men and women as well because support looks different whether you like it or not the support that you need as, an, as a man and a woman does look different and it's just acknowledging all that
3: I mean one of the reasons again why we wanted to do this podcast is not, not obviously stating the obvious to support males you know and females obviously who, who suffer the loss of a baby whether that be through miscarriage, stillbirth you know neonatal death or even having to make a tragic decision you know to terminate for you know congenital abnormality you know things like that I was actually listening to you me and the big C um, podcast and the way and how for something that's so big cancer that's that's so big how light hearted but hard hitting their podcast was and my sort of thought was well I I wonder if we could do that Mm. and to be honest I think that I think we have I think we've started to deliver a service to people you know being contacted by people in america so it's obviously getting out there but yeah i do think certainly with males is that they're getting probably directed to it by partners and what have you because they can see that there is substance to you know what we're delivering
1: and and so forth if you've got any questions, as always, then feel free to leave them in the, uh, the Facebook live stream that we've got.
3: Yeah, I can only assume that this is a positive one. So it says, I've only just tuned in, so I'm coming in blind, but I love, love, love that there's so many men in this room talking, which is obviously a, a, a nice message to get. So it shows that it's obviously nice. that, you know, people are, are looking. You won't love the smell though. No, it stinks. It absolutely stinks. It smells like a swimming baths. Mm, does it really? Been yeah.
1: Been I can I heard you mention um, toxic positivity. Mm. Could Love you? That. Yeah, could you break that down? What you, you know, how you, what, you, what you mean by that exactly? Because it's, it's quite an interesting. I've not heard that one yet.
2: Toxic positivity is the, is the all the at leasts. So it's, it's basically. I mean, you guys must have heard them. If you, if you suffer an early loss, it's at least it was early. Or if you, oh, right. um, okay. if you already have children, it's at least you've already yeah. got kids and stuff. And it's just basically when we try or when people and oh my gosh I did it before I lost a baby I did it because as humans I think we are so desperate we find it so uncomfortable to see people in pain that we're desperate to sort of guide them down this path of feeling better so we come along with our kind of emotional toolboxes and resources and we're like oh shit you know the the tab that says baby loss there's nothing there we don't know what to do so we kind of like overcompensate by trying to sort of look on the bright side and trying to make someone else look on the bright side with like oh at least this or at least that or you know positive vibes only and that sort of stuff but what what it does actually is it completely invalidates the suffering of the, of the person that you're speaking to and it starts you thinking It certainly this is this is just my experience it started me thinking I'm not coping properly because everyone else is saying things like at least you've already got kids at least it was early you know all this stuff which is making me feel like my grief is completely disproportionate to my experience. And when you start down that path, you start thinking, oh my God, I'm mad. There's something wrong with me. And other people are doing this and other people are coping easily. And I'm not, what, why is this the case? But actually it's not us, it's, it's other people. And it's, you know, but with, with the very best intentions, yeah. don't get me wrong. But by sort of plastering over the grief, they're trying to make it go away, but all they're doing is invalidating that our grieving process, which just makes it harder. Um, so yeah, that is toxic positivity. It's it's trying to be positive yeah, exactly. when actually it's actually so much more validating. Yeah. We wrote a post on it recently and it was saying something like, oh, I'm so sorry, it's so shit, is worth a thousand, at least it was early. So, you know, it's just yeah. just recognizing that grief and 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 being with someone and just saying something like I'm here if you want to talk yeah. or I know there's nothing I can say to make things better but I want you to know I'm thinking about you.
1: I think that's really well said and I like that, that phrasing of it, toxic positivity, because it's true, you know, no, no one likes a miserable bugger but at the same time, some days, you know, you walk into a room and there's the overly positive, you need to have a, 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 a mostly positive attitude but with a, with a dose of realism
3: there you know, at the same time, doesn't it? Do you know what, Dan? I'd rather somebody had just not said anything yeah, yeah. than actually I, I, come I out with some yeah. of those, those sort of mm-hmm. sayings. I, agree, I yeah. vaguely remember one of my... <laughs> I say friends, ex-friends, saying um, something along the lines of "at least you've got Alfie," yeah, who was yeah. who was three at the time. And and had he have had kids, I think I'd have probably turned around and said, "So which one would you like to give up?" Mm. Because actually, it's, it's just like asking exactly the same question. Mm. There's no answer to it. You can't. This is the thing with baby loss is people think that because, you know, they've, lo- they've, they've experienced loss within their life, albeit, you know, sad loss in terms of grandparents, potentially parents and stuff, that they understand what grief, sorry, what the grief of of losing a baby is, but actually they, they don't because it's a completely and utterly surreal universe that you are then put in. It's flipped mm-hmm. on its head. It's, it's defying the order of how we're supposed to live. Well, we touched yeah. on last
5: week, didn't we, about that the brain that... Our brains aren't meant to cope with those feelings yeah. of of standing next to a grave and burying your child you know you you, you yeah. don't you don't think you're ever you're ever going to as you said go through that.
4: Uh, Nathan, I want to bring you in. Yeah, hi guys. Um, firstly, it's been really interesting listening to you both. So, you know, it's a pleasure to be in the room and, and hearing from you. And I think all the things that everyone's been talking about with the podcast, that the books that you guys are working on and bringing out, I just think those things are so valuable to people to be able to either listen to as we're doing it now or just pick up as and when they need to or go back and revisit things. You know, you're talking about your book being kind of a, a almost like a self-help and a and a, mm. and a guide and support that people can go and look look to. But I also think that in talking about those things whether it's like this or in the written form I know certainly for me and, and I'm sure the other other uh, men that have been in this room too and involved because I've been able to talk about it my friends are now more open to, to talking to me about it and asking me questions and that's that's actually been one of the most helpful things that they've wanted to ask me questions about the loss and about how I'm thinking and, and how I'm feeling um, yeah. and that's been invaluable for me and I, and I I totally agree about this toxic positivity. I've not heard it called that before, but, but I certainly experienced that too. And I don't know if you can coin a, a new one for, for what this one is, but the other thing that I've found tough, and that's, I don't know if you guys have experienced it, has been people telling me that sometimes when I've been feeling a certain way since about something that whether I feel like I've got a a reason to not be happy about it being told but don't forget you're grieving still you're still grieving and that listen you've got to remember that you did and I'm thinking how dare you tell me that my feelings about something different are to do with feelings that even though you know there might be a degree of that that's true yeah so there's, there's that as well where sometimes people almost pull you up on it and sort of say yeah but don't forget that's because this happened to you. As if it, that somehow was your was your fault or your responsibility, and that that should that should therefore be brought to the fore. But as I say, I think these these things that we're doing um, are great for getting people to, to talk. And, and for instance, I didn't know what your thoughts were on this because I've been feeling like I've been dealing with the, the grieving journey, let's call it, quite well. Um, but then a, a friend recently said to me, "Well, Naif, you, you know everything that's happened to, to you and Fix. So, yeah," he said, um, "How often do you think about it?" How often do you think about it? Do you think about it every day? And I never stopped to think about how often I think about it. And actually the answer was, yeah, do you know what? Most days I do think about it. And then he followed up with, well, like how, why? In what ways do you think about it? What do you think about? I said, well, you know, some days I think about holding him and the process of losing him. Other days I think about what we should be now as a family and like, you know, there's, there's so much, but so I think the work that you guys are clearly doing and the work that the, the lads here are doing, it, it's so valuable because even that, for me, the other day was a real kind of important moment to, to kind of think about things and reflect again. But um, mm. given that and given the importance of it all to, um, to men as well as women, I, I did wonder as well, you know, how you guys are feeling about, you know, being invited onto a, a male podcast and, and what kind of emotions that brought up for you. Because obviously that would have been a, a big thing for you guys, I guess, going on on the journeys you have, is supporting people around you. So yeah, that was a, a key question I wanted to ask.
0: Yeah, it got, I, I really hate the word journey, but it's like the only, only word for it. Shit show. It? Yeah, yeah, shit shows a good one, but I it got me thinking when we were coming on here about sort of about my husband and how he coped and how we coped together, and yeah, it does bring up some feelings. And what what's really interesting is we run some online courses, and one of the on one of the the lessons on on the course, we get our husbands in, don't we? And we ask them questions and get them to answer them, and they're not they're not used to talking about this sort of thing we've got a couple of guys on who are who you know are on instagram and run support groups and things like that but then we got our fellas on there and they are (laughs) they're men of few words (laughs) and it's really quite interesting watching it back because my husband at one point he was talking to the camera about one of the questions was how did you support each other and he was talking to the camera trying to sort of like say something of meaning and then he looks to me and goes yeah we didn't really support each other did we and i'm like no no mate we didn't, we didn't.
3: i like the way you call him mate <laughs> no mate didn't. No, no. You, know, you know you're in trouble when your other half calls your
0: mate
3: i accidentally called my other half mate once
1: and i'm never making that mistake
0: again. no you're not allowed to call your wife mate you can do it the other way around yeah it's really interesting how how different we coped with it actually how separately we we cope with it and i think that's not been good for us but we've managed to sort of muddle our way through and and work it out as we've gone along
3: do you think as well though that there's almost that there's a stigma isn't there that males are the ones that are in control they they protect mm. you know they they bring the money home they provide the house you know all this sort of stuff that males yeah, are things. looked at they fix things yeah they yeah, fix things. Think-
2: I think that's a massive difficulty that we have with lots of our women as well, is that there's a huge sort of, often, this is obviously generalising, but often women come to us and they say they're upset because they feel like their husbands are not grieving in the same ways and they feel like that their husbands or partners are not as upset of them they can't understand why they're not crying they can't understand how they can kind of be normal again you know the next day they can't understand how the pregnancy announcements they see don't affect them as as in the same way and that is a really difficult thing because often when you scratch beneath the surface and we've had a lot of men on on the podcast it's not necessarily that they don't they're not grieving it's that their grief a looks different so what might be grief to to one of them is is not grief to the other and b there's this there's this real protection you know this is instinct of protection in a lot of men that actually wants to take the burden of that emotional side off the woman because physically you cannot you, you can't deny that it's the woman that physically goes through the trauma of the loss and for the man i think there's almost something inherent something really really am- animalistic that goes right i'm not having this woman in any more pain so they field everything else you know it's but actually that's incredibly i think personally i think it can be incredibly damaging because when you start you know in the real world back again and people says oh how is she how is she how is she that must just almost invalidate your suffering as well because you sort of you never get you you can't go well how about me can you i bet like that's a really difficult to say you know why aren't you asking about me but there's two parents to every baby yeah. the male parent is often overlooked because they don't grieve in the same way or because they have this societal kind of pressure yeah. on them to take that take what they can away and, and be the shoulders of the relationship and that must be a, a hell of a difficult thing to, to go through
1: we had a guest on I think it was uh, series two one of the things that he said very similar actually um, it's what made me think of it he was going to some support groups and he was there with his wife but he always felt and it wasn't anything against his wife and the groups that he was going to and he was very keen to stress that (laughs) but it was the fact that he felt as if he was there to support her and no one was also reciprocating that back towards him also in these therapy sessions and when he discovered a male only support group he parked up outside he didn't want to go in and you know what it's like once you actually get in there Everything's a lot different. Sometimes you just, what, was it, what do they call it? Paralysis by analysis. No, you just just go and just do it. Mm-hmm. And he was, is that right? I think that's right. Yeah, and he just yeah. went in and then like did it. that.
2: That's great, go with it. And, and I think,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I almost got away with it till I questioned myself, didn't I? <laughs> so I think things like that are, are really important. And it's not to say that everything has to be, the guys and the girls have to be together. It's good to have these, uh, these separate resources. As Matt alluded to earlier on, it's something that your brain is not ever going to deal with well. And sometimes you just need to be on your own, you could can maybe can't support your other half
3: for a while and they can't support you for a while. My biggest thing was that, um, that I'd, I'd actually failed my family. And what, what I mean by my family is that I'd failed Amy and that I'd failed Alfie because I couldn't control what was happening. I had n- absolutely no control whatsoever when I was in that room and I was being told, and we were being told, sorry, by the the medical professionals that are in that room, what's happening, and you literally, you have, don't matter what you do, you cannot control it. You you just can't control. And that for me was massive, the lack of control thing was, because it it then, you know, there were other things then that that started to manifest, things like phobias, things like that, because I suddenly realized within myself, actually, I can 't control everything, whereas actually i 'd got a perception prior to losing Lily where I felt quite comfortable that I could control things, but then actually when you 're thrown into the lion 's den like that where you wait well it doesn 't matter what you do you 're not changing it um, immediately just it just smacks you in the face very very hard, and you realize actually I can 't control everything I think um, I think the big one for me was, um, was the word guilt. I had to
5: break the news to to Crystal that we'd lost Callie because she she'd been in a um they'd put her under to do the C section so she came came to and came round in the room and, and she she felt she thought that Callie had Survived basically, and then I had to break it to her that that she hadn't, because like they they said, "Did you want like Did you want us one of doctors to do it?" And I said, "No, nah, I'm her husband. I've got to do it myself." And then I, I felt after that that guilt was a real big thing for me was, was was part of the uh, the whole journey because um, the, I think that as Ryan's alluded to already and just said that that control isn't there, but also you feel guilty for not being able to protect your daughter you know you, it's mad and it's, it's actually when you look back and you think actually that, I can't believe I even thought that or even think that now but actually you should be able to protect your, your family and your daughter and, and when it doesn't happen like that guilt comes to the surface so that's been a big one for me ever since we lost How, we lost have, you, it,
1: how have you learned because I know we've touched on this before and it is that guilt especially when it's the situations that be beyond your control so how do you learn to or find ways and again this answer might not be for everybody but to, to help you manage and cope with that you know, what works for you if I don't run or I know I can't run at a certain
5: point and, I, and I've built it in my mind that I'm going to run but then my, my, my day gets shifted elsewhere My, yeah. my I'm different if I, don't, if I don't run at least once a week I'm, I'm a different yeah. person and, and it's in a way it's a sad way to to live but then it isn't because actually that's so important to me it frees it does mm. free my mind it just it's kind of
1: resets me a little yeah. bit I guess the fact that you've you've found that for yourself and it's just those real just get out there and have a you know mm. it's, it's free just get out there have a run yeah. and just reset your mind as you said I, I like that phrase of you, of, you, of you using that and I
4: think Dan as well do you know on this um, I certainly experienced guilt in a different way to, to Matt perhaps but some, and I talked about it on the podcast before about some of the things I said at the time I feel a lot of anxiety with, with Leo at times worrying about him because of a lack of control like Ryan's spoken about because then it starts to filter into other elements of your life and I worry mm. about if, if things do or don't happen to him and sort of moving forwards you know Flick and I are in a, a good place at the moment where we're, we're focusing on our wedding in the August um, and we haven't made decisions as a, as a couple yet about what we're going to do about our family moving forwards in the future but I know that you know whilst the potential of us maybe having another child is something that will make me very happy mm. but I am massively fearful for going through that journey again and, and and I know that Flick will feel the same and, and so I wonder what your kind of take on that is guys because that for me is is something that fills me with dread and worry and it makes me worry about will I be a good, well by that point I'll be a husband and a father to, to Leo still, will I manage, will I cope, that, that's a massive worry to me and, and I know that should we make a decision to try further, I, I know that I'm going to need the help of these guys around the table again when we get to that point so I wondered what your, what your thoughts were on that really
0: well, it's funny, isn't it? Because people think that with baby loss, it's like just this event that happens and then you move on and you're over it. But actually, it, you live with it forever. And every aspect of your life is sort of, um, has there's sort of like a, a shadow over Pinted. it almost. And we know both of us have had been through pregnancy after loss. And which is scary enough in itself, but even trying to conceive after loss is a total head fuck. And um, we actually, the, the courses that we run, we we, want, we run one especially for trying to conceive and then another one for pregnancy after loss because they're just such difficult things to go through and the anxiety is the main thing isn't it Bex like that's the anxiety of having to possibly going through that again the 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 desperate need to get that positive pregnancy test but the massive fear of of Mm. seeing a positive pregnancy test it's like
2: running running a gauntlet with your eyes closed really you you know what could lie ahead and I think that's an incredibly frightening thing I know I the things that I struggled with when I was pregnant following my loss was just unfathomable I couldn't connect with my pregnancy and I felt guilty about connecting with the baby and I, I spent so much so much time sort of trying to make sure that I wasn't forgetting the baby that had died that I didn't really allow myself to connect with The baby that was that was still there, and that was it was a really difficult space to to be in, and obviously the anxiety of just like, I know what could happen. It's it's an incredibly difficult time, but trying to conceive after loss as well is our course. We've got a lot of meditation, affirmations, and stuff like that, and it's just about trying to live your life, trying to get through every day, get your head down on the pillow and connecting with other people it's i think so much of this is about connection and yeah. speaking to other people and actually i think the uh, identification is an incredibly powerful resource because once you've identified something with someone you can work on it together and i think that's um it's a really underestimated kind of powerful thing to be able to do and to be able to give each other is, is that backup.
5: when we found out that we were we were pregnant again Um, of course the first feeling was relief because obviously you you, you don't know whether you're going to get there again you think you've because Cali was our first loss so we didn't know whether uh, we'd kind of missed our chance and then we and then we we get there again and and, uh, it was absolute relief but then I don't think I, I, I'd like to go back and do it again, just so that I could, so, cause I know the end result now. Yeah, You know, I yeah. know the end result now. And I, before I didn't know the end result. So I'm like, we were very public about Kali's, Kali's pregnancy cause it was our first one. Second one, we just kept it. Completely, completely silent until we put a picture up of Etta and ev- and people who were just friends on Facebook were like, "Fuck, me we love <laughs> Like, like, it was like oh, you got a baby?" I was like, well, yeah, we got a baby already, but we got a, we got one that's actually <laughs> fortunately made it through this yeah. time, you know." And and it and it's so. Uh, Tell me that wasn't the first comment on your picture with well, "Fuck
1: me"? No, <laughs> no, no, no. It was mainly was hide that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ma- mainly it was
5: congratulations, of course, but like, the, but it was it, 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 yeah. The 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 second pregnancy was very very um very tough, very hard, you know we had to work together, you know, we really did me and crystal we had to we had to get even closer than what we we were already because without each other um, um, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have got got to that point and got through it. and I think that um like I said already the, the, the fact that we 're doing this podcast, the fact that we 're speaking to you guys. It's a whole new level of understanding your emotions when you go through this kind of thing, and it's something that, unless you've you've actually been there and, and done it and been through it, and this is why you know that Dan hosts this this so well because he he's obviously never actually been physically through it himself, but he really does um, really does understand the subject and the situation. But unless you've been through it there is no way of understanding the
1: feeling I want people who haven't been in this situation to, to watch and to listen to, because I've learned so much from this I've made friendships with you guys through the tragedy unfortunately
2: On that last point I think what you're saying is so right from an emotional perspective we can't understand this subject of baby loss unless you've been through it but I do believe mm. that from an educational supportive perspective we can learn how to support people through it from an absolutely, educational yeah. point of view this is absolutely within every one's capabilities to learn to listen to research and to learn how to support people properly through this terrible heartbreaking ordeal and i think that's actually something that we you know we all as humans owe each other because it is a big big you know one in four one in four pregnancies end in loss that you will know someone that's going through it and it is your duty as a person to learn how to support that person
3: And, and and actually on that as well is i think I've certainly learned who the people are closest to me that were happy to be educated in mm. how we were feeling or or the sort of th- you know thought processes the anxieties and everything like that as well and then also I also found out who my real friends were and and you know I've lost friends who I grew up with that either you know weren't happy to embrace the educational side of it um because they clearly didn't know what to say or what to do but then like I say I've you know we've got friends who who um, who live it every single day with us you know live it every day and um, know that it's affected them just as much as it affects us in in regard to, you know, the anxieties and, and and the sort of, you know, devastation that comes along with it.
1: That was quite an interesting point. Does anyone else did you have the I saw you nodding there, Matt, with the, the friends and just some friends that you would lose over over this because of maybe insensitivity or lack of education on this. Was this something and anyone
4: can answer this who's on the show tonight, Nate? I've definitely had friends take missteps along the way do you know what I mean but that's that's being human isn't it and yeah. and, and it's as Bex was saying then it's, it's about learning and growing with the people who are grieving and, and that's part of it and like I say you know I had a, a friend recently who who is willing to t- to talk to me about and ask me questions that are helpful for mm. me? So I think fortunately our kind of closest circle of friends have probably done 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 really well by us. But there's also the flip side, and I, and I I'd never judge them for it, but I know I've certainly got friends too who. You know, would would prefer time to pass and not have to mm. not have to talk about it with me if they didn't have to, you know. And and that's that's their right as well because you know if it, they find it traumatic and upsetting, who am I to say that they should have to revisit it with me? And you know? it
1: brings us back to they also uh, maybe they just don't know what to say and how yeah. to approach it, or do you not you know do I want to bring it the whole subject up? Absolutely. So this brings us back to just being able to be able to do these shows and have people listening to them and put them out because I, I get with it's quite hard I imagine to, to, to listen to. You know, to and, to, it. and yeah. especially if it's recent and so I know they've seen some comments from people who they're having a listen but they don't want to to, to say anything or ask any questions at the minute because it's just having that voice there
3: do you know what's really um, obvious actually and, and on a lot of the comments that are being made on the stream is actually the amount of ladies that are tagging what I can only you know guess is his partners mm. or potentially husbands and what have you you know that that is obviously very good in itself but there's also comments on there where you know people unfortunately it's too raw for them to listen live at the moment and they may very well take you know their own time to do that when the uh, recording comes out and what have you but you know at the end of the day we're here doing what we do and that's not just us that's these guys as well Bex and Laura you know doing what they do because we want to we want to break the taboo we want to Remove the stigma, if you like, Um, and I hate that word as well, (laughs) stigma, I hate it, but like, yeah, we just want to, we want to make, we want to make a difference and we want to make a change, Um, and funnily enough, we've just had a question come through uh, from Adam, how did you feel when you had your second child, knowing what has happened in the past, so obviously we've just, I mean, we've just obviously talked about that, but Matt, Nath, do you want to give a quick brief um, to Adam for that? How do we feel about the second child? Yeah.
5: Oh, um, listen, Etta's now four, and she's, um, she's the reason I I've said this last week. She's the reason I go, out, I go out the door every day. And she's the one, that, along with Callie, who you do everything every day for. I think it's an interesting emotion. We I touched upon it a little bit last week. I find it really difficult at times to, to to understand how to spread my love, in the fact that you've got one child who's physically here and one child who's physically not here. But that's that is nothing on Etta, and actually I have to realise that that Etta most well majority of the time does take priority in our life and the reason being is because she's physically physically here and so uh, listen I I can't I can't talk too much about Etta because I'll just go I'll go but she's just like she's just brilliant she's my my old man uh, it's interesting because my old man's one where he uh, it was one of the first times that we me and him have got a, a relationship where like I said loads of people who don't know him if he if he'd met you guys tonight, he would just talk talk to you like cool. that. He's just one of them. He'd just come in and talk to a wall if he thinks he can get sense out of it. He's like that. Um, I've actually done that. Yeah, well he's talked to, he's talked to me for That's thirty why eight I years to you. Talked yeah. to me for thirty eight years. So I thought I'd get there first. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, um, he 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 said that he reckons that there's Etta's got two in there. So she, he reckons that Callie's. Yeah. Callie's like part of her anyway, and 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 um, you know, there's that. She never stops. She never stops running about the place, and she he thinks he's he's quite a nice way of looking at it. So, yeah, there's there's nothing nothing but ridiculous love for Etta, completely, really, yeah.
4: But. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, it's a, a different, different situation to to you, Matt, isn't it? Obviously, like in terms of we had Leo and then we lost Carter. So, um, yeah, I mean, f- more for me, I think it's going to be how how will we feel if we do try again and if we're successful. Which, which, you know, if we do try again, I I wish with all my heart that we will we will be successful should we try again. And um, but yeah, I don't know how I'm going to feel. I think I'm going to feel incredible joy and, and relief and. Um, but I think I'll also feel uh, some sadness too that it that it isn't Carter that's that's the one that's with us as well I, d- I don't know it's going to be a tough period of time yeah just touch upon that that's the one that's the one again that's the one area that I
5: struggle with with, with Etta sometimes is, is thinking that Callie should have already done what Etta's done by now so but you just kind of have to try and figure that out in your own in your own mind and actually understand that, that Etta's on her own journey but but Callie sometimes it's hard because Kali I feel guilty then that Callie didn't get to do what Etta's doing
4: now yeah. so yeah it is and, tough and we're doing a, a similar thing where like Flick said we, Flick and I were talking about it today and she said um Leo was at the bottom of the stairs and to be, we were going out for uh, uh, an early Valentine's lunch with friends and Leo shouted up uh, Daddy w- you want to play TIG and I said I-, I just need to get a shower and get ready mate and then I'll, I'll be coming down he said uh, how about you mummy and Flick said oh, just doing makeup. You know, you know you're rushing to get out the door and he went well so no one's coming down <laughs> <And> then, uh, <laughs> obviously very cute very funny but you know Flick then said to me in the car I said and all I could think when he said that knife was we should actually have someone to potentially talk to and be down there with him and you think yeah and that's that was a point I guess when my mate asked me how often you think about it. it
3: crops up all the time when you're least expecting it sometimes doesn't it so yeah, it's just a minefield. Is this one of these Valentine's Day with friends where you put your keys in the bowl? <laughs> <What> the <laughs> no, no, Ryan. Right, that's no, okay, Why are you interested fine. in coming next year? Not is at all, like... no, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I don't this... want anything to
4: do
1: with this, <laughs> mate. Uh, this, this is why, actually, the real reason Matt and I didn't come to your birthday party. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> 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 yeah, we, are, we are about to finish anyway. I would like to also uh, say to Laura, well done, because we uh, I didn't mention it at the start, but uh, I know Laura had a bit of a heavy night last night and it quite hungover this evening <laughs> and um Oh, said,
2: that's so mean I said, I said
1: what type of hangover is it and she called it the creeper which yeah. um, which is a great name for it yeah. <laughs> so use, use that one. I think <laughs> on every episode now we need to come up with a new name for a potential hangover because it is Sunday after all absolutely so they might still be going on and um, and yeah just uh, if, if if you know anyone who you think this podcast or the worst girl gang ever could be beneficial and uh, then please do let them know especially as we mentioned earlier not everyone who's been on um, obviously myself have, have found themselves in this this position but just to Learn so much about it and the resources, and also talking to other people. Um, it, it's really important to do so. And um, yeah, we've got, we've got more females and males listening, so we need to get some more guys. And we even made it on Sunday night to finish just before match of the day starts. So you got no excuse there. No, yeah. I don't <laughs> want to watch that tonight. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> to be honest, I don't watch it ever this season. <laughs> I won't watch it again. Also, to anyone else who may be new to the show tonight, uh, you can listen back to any of our other episodes through podcast provider. We are now on season four. There's just six episodes per series and uh, yeah the earlier ones were themed too and uh, you can you can get in touch and ask any question that you listen to them in any order that you like Lauren Beck's the worst girl gang ever thank you so much for coming on to the uh, yeah, really coming good. on to the show tonight really good.
2: thanks, thanks for,
1: for having us, us. Uh, we've really enjoyed having you on and we'd uh, we'd like to get you back on I reckon it would be a good shout at some point too and when's, when's the book coming out by the way just uh, just Fourth a reminder 4th of August pre-order it go. now
2: though do you not remember get yourself on Amazon
3: <laughs> yeah if you pre-order it now it'll go Towards the first week sales, is that right? Is that, did yeah, I get yeah, that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Nathan's fiancé's yeah. already been on the comments saying, Nathan, get me that book. Yeah. Get me that book. <laughs> I primed it. I oh.
4: primed it. I'm about it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no. All
1: right. Excellent. Well, listen. Thank you very much. I think we'll leave that there. Um, Matt, Matt Whitehouse uh, Nathan Ellis as ever thank you very much for joining us on the show tonight thank okay. you for not giving me too much dick about my team <laughs> and uh, yeah to Laura and to Bex thank you so much it's, it's really been interesting hearing and finding out what you had to say and I'll definitely be listening to the to the shows that you've been putting out anyway you've got a new fan so uh, yes <laughs> go give those a follow and a subscribe too and we will be back with episode 3 in season 4 in two weeks from now thank you very much take care everyone Good night.
4: bye bye bye